Thank you to the sponsor of today's episode, Get Reminded, an app that can remind you when your bills are due so they don't give you a fright. Life and financial planning can become a lot easier when a notification can remind you and your expenses don't make for, as we all know, a very unwelcome surprise. Even better if it can help you seek updated deals as well. More to be explained within the episode and a lot on loyalty tax, but thanks again Get Reminded for partnering with me. I cannot wait to share this major life hack with you all. Hey guys, and welcome to The One Up Project. We're simplifying all things finance and lifestyle in a relaxed environment. It's all just a bit of fun, so be sure to keep listening and let the content be a catalyst for your own self-improvement. Hi everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The One Up Project podcast. Today I am just going to be by myself talking about something called um, loyalty tax, and basically the idea that you know, we could be missing out on a lot of savings by just not being proactive with our expenses, with our bills. And I'm going to get into all of that uh, and exactly how with doing something like calling up your insurance provider, you know, we could potentially get a better deal for ourselves um, and we're potentially missing out and are being overcharged for the value that we're being provided. Um, And then also a quick disclaimer that I will do at the end of the episode anyway, but obviously I'm not a financial advisor and I can't give financial advice, but I really want to start getting a lot more confident with doing these solo episodes on topics because I do feel like I am actually capable, Um, but sometimes feel like from past experience or people telling me certain things I feel like I can't do this on my own but I'm removing that fear today and I am actually just going to talk about this because it's something that I feel really passionate about anyway and I'm a big believer that as consumers we should one know where our money is going and when we're in a shit deal or not and this is basically for you the consumer for you guys that are getting overcharged um, in your everyday life so this is going to be a great way and technique strategy learning to take away apply to your own life Um, and you might have already heard about this before because it's quite a talked about thing but then I feel like it's not exactly acted on so let's make it super actionable and easy for everyone to do so straight off the bat what is loyalty tax loyalty tax is not a real tax let's just get that under control right now loyalty tax isn't a real tax it's basically just a label for the extra amount of money that you've paid when you didn't need to so for example um say you your phone bill that you've had since you were 12 is 50 dollars a month and you get 500 megabytes of data um unlimited calls and 500 texts in a month okay this is obviously made up But now, going forward, that was 10 years ago, now you can get unlimited data and then it just slows down um, at a certain, you know, once you get past a certain amount, unlimited calls and unlimited texts and that'll be like 30 bucks. So why are we still paying $50 for a decreased amount of value? That's because our mobile provider obviously isn't going to hit us up and be like, hey, you know, we're overcharging you for less value. So how about we upgrade you? They're not going to be proactive and do that. They're a business. They want to make money. That's the reality of life. There's no hate on the businesses here. There's no hate on corporates here. That's just life. That's how it's going to go. But of course, they're not going to hit you up. And this goes for many different types of companies. I'm just using this as an example to explain the idea. Um, 
And so the difference between what you have been paying for and what you could have been paying for, that's the loyalty tax. So, you know, if we're going to go into economics, there's this thing called an opportunity cost, which is basically the next alternative the next best alternative that you've given up because of something else. So, you know, you've given up the opportunity to have unlimited gigs of data to have only 500 megabytes and you've also given up potentially $25 um, for a less amount of value. So that's the tax, the $25 and the less amount of gigs, that's the tax you are paying as a result of you not really being proactive and stepping up to ask your provider but even before that if we take a back step your provider not stepping forward to say hey look there's updated and way better plans now this probably wouldn't really happen for a mobile plan because you end up upgrading it every year if you're on like a phone plan anyway but that was just an example hopefully that makes sense so loyalty tax all in all is the difference between the value that you could be paying for and the value that you currently are paying for. I think it's important to go over this a few times so people can really understand. So I'm just going to read a few like Google examples of definitions. So the Sydney Morning Herald has said it's the extra amount of money you have to pay for your household bills if you don't switch or upgrade your plans or policies on a regular basis. Um, Someone else has said loyalty tax is a tax on loyal bank customers. So that's like another thing is, you know, the loyalty piece here. When you're loyal to a company for so long, you've been paying, you know, for years and years and years and yet you're on the worst deal possible the new people who come on get a better deal than you why is that so that's kind of the idea that we're going to be diving into today but I mean that again just sums it up the extra amount of money or the value you have to pay for your household bills or for your insurance or for you know any kind of household bills if you don't switch or upgrade your plans or policies on a regular basis as far as I can tell this is quite an Australian thing like it's a lot of Aussie uh, news publications and websites and business people and stuff talk about it in Australia, but not so much in New Zealand, which is interesting. I'm not sure why that is, um, if we're just slow on the uptake as per usual, or, you know, maybe potentially companies here are better to their consumers. I, I don't know. But anyway, we're going to dive into it so that you can analyze exactly which companies have not been rewarding you for your loyalty, which ones you need to change up really quick so now that we know what loyalty tax actually is we want to know what it affects so there's two main labels that I think describe what loyalty tax will affect in your life and that is annual contracts and recurring payments so annual contracts being like an insurance contract um, our mortgage our mobile bills broadband um, credit card like interest rates, energy, and even your gym membership, you know, so these are things that you sort of get locked into um, year to year possibly, um, and that you're paying these recurring payments on each month, and it comes around to the end of the year, and then you just renew your contract, because, you know, that's the easiest thing to do, you don't really look into the price, or how much it's costing you at that time, Uh, and then, you know, before you know it, you're paying way more than what it is you're receiving back. So those are a few examples of some different contracts that can affect. And I would assume most of us, especially if we're living out of home, are paying those sorts of bills. It can be really hard to identify when, I I don't want to use the phrase ripped off, but 
essentially when you're getting ripped off it's a lot harder to identify that when you're paying these weekly or monthly installments for example um, my car insurance I actually pay yearly so it's quite easy for me to identify if someone else is talking about their annual insurance or whatever you know I know what my annual fee is um, whereas, you know, you might just know how much you pay monthly. So me saying that my car insurance year to year is $350 might mean nothing to you because you pay 20 bucks a month and like, you don't really think about it and you're not going to add it up or whatever, you know? So it can be quite hard, um, when you have those small payments coming out of the time, out all the time to know what is and what isn't right for you. And this kind of gives us an idea of why these recurring payment annual subscription and contract styles of bills are so attractive to not only the consumer but the business because you know for the consumer you can break down those yearly contracts into um, recurring payments which means it doesn't feel as intimidating to pay feels like you know you're getting a better deal um, and you can budget it in really well and then for a business it's consistent income for them so they can plan out what they'll be receiving really well so from their end it looks good and it, it seems like in air quotes there's this real mutual benefit but in reality it's almost kind of preying on people's laziness because we are lazy I mean so many people don't even want to look into what their KiwiSaver um, you know provider or funders or they don't want to look into so many things about their finances because it's intimidate intimidating and they're procrastinating and I think there is a little bit like of, of laziness around that and you know we from a psychological point of view I feel don't want to dive into if it's a good deal or not it's just easy let's just renew it again and let's just keep paying it because it's the easiest thing to do and I can't be bothered I don't have time to be looking in, at all the different providers blah 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 that autopilot and unconscious spending will lead you to complacency when it comes to your expenses so I want to give some examples of situations where you might be paying loyalty tax um, and these are probably the situations that are costing people the most money I would say and then I'll give a few examples of like things that wouldn't be costing you as much but at the end of the day it's still costing you money so let's start off with insurance because that's a bit of a beast and everyone loves to hate insurance and I'm sure we all pay insurance probably on your car if you don't pay anywhere else um but basically each year and you'll know this obviously if you pay insurance you'll get a renewal notice of like your rate and your premiums um and then they'll say you know it's so easy you don't even need to do anything we're just pretty much giving you this to update you but you just continue to pay and it's so easy you don't even need to like change anything or update anything um we do it all for you but what they forget to highlight is that, you know, there's actually been a small increase and they won't put the, your previous year's premium and rate on that renewal notice. So you won't be able to compare, okay, why has this increased so much? You know, should I be seeking out another company and comparing prices because this is so weird that they've increased it? They're not going to put that on there. But I did do some research into this because I saw that in Australia, I was reading this article talking about New Zealand's um, transparency when it comes to loyalty tax. And this article was saying, despite being introduced into the UK markets, market several years ago in Australia in 2018, like-for-like -like comparison of premiums or annualised premiums hasn't been made available by New Zealand general insurance industry. So obviously in Australia and the UK, it was brought in that... Um, 
was available for companies to start putting comparisons on their renewal notices, but it doesn't say anything about like there was a requirement to do that. So I'd be interested to know if any of them actually do it. Um, But in New Zealand, that hasn't even obviously been made available or done at all. And I was looking into what, you know, it, it looks like for New Zealand providers because I haven't, I don't even think I've kept any renewal notices of my insurance. I've just been, you know, paying it and I haven't even done this myself. That's why I think this topic is so important, why I wanted to cover it, because I am, you know, not even uh, keeping up to date on this myself. I was being lazy. I didn't want to check in on my own rates and stuff because it was too hard. I just wanted to keep paying it. So, you know, I'm no angel here. Like I always say, I'm learning with you guys. I'm not the expert. So, Anyway, the only insurance provider I can see that talks about this at all is AA Um, and they've even got like a little blog on their website that says like for like premium comparisons coming for AA insurance customers. So apparently from as early as 2021, it was supposed to be brought in in 2020 but was pushed back due to COVID, not even sure what that has anything to do like with putting comparisons on but anyway, so It says AA insurance customers will be able to see what they paid for last year's cover on premium renewal notices issued from early 2021, making it far easier to compare premiums from year to year. So if you're with AA, maybe just have a look at your renewal notice for your insurance and see if they've actually done that. Um, but that's great if that's something they're going to start doing and I hope all insurance providers follow suit. But you know, this is an example of ways of a way that a company is basically blindsiding you so that you won't notice when your rate is increasing. And this just doesn't have to go for insurance, but you know, I'll go into that with other examples. But obviously something to be really aware of, you know, you want to make sure that you have an idea of what your rates were in previous years and be able to sort of look at a new rate and think, does that look right? Or does that look a bit more expensive than what I was paying before? You know, of course we trust these companies to be fully transparent but oftentimes that's just not the way it is um and you know that's another way that get reminded and I'm going to go into this later but um they can help because you just plug in all your reminders and it comes up to the end of year um and you're like okay I've got my insurance my annual insurance payment of 300 and whatever and then you get your renewal notice and it says it's 450 and you're like what the fuck this is so not right. And so then you can go around and start comparing all of um, the different providers. And I think that's important too because, you know, they want your business and you can negotiate these things. It's not just they've given you a rate and you have to accept it. You can push back. So I think that's important to know as well. Um, and I'm going to go into some ways you can do that. But anyway, another example of a space where this can happen is mortgages, personal loans with the bank. I found this really good scoop article and this was uh, written, well, this was released on the 10th of December in 2020, but it was, it's quite literally the only resource I could find that related to loyalty tax and New Zealand consumers. So this is obviously something that's really not talked about here. Um, But anyway, this was around credit cards and how much extra Kiwis are paying. So the title of the article, if you want to go and read it, is called Kiwi Credit Card Holders Could Be Facing a $247 Million Loyalty Tax. Um, It's pretty much talking about that how, you know, because the cost of borrowing now with interest rates being so low due to COVID-19, you and consumers as a whole could be overpaying millions of dollars in interest because 
we're on a much higher rate than we need to be. Very nice if you managed to get into the house and property market, you know, last year. But if you bought a home years previous to that, you're probably seeing rates now that are way cheaper than what your rate is. And maybe you're thinking there's no way that you could change that or you don't know how to go about it. You can. If you've seen a rate that is lower than your current one, you know, push back to your bank. And if you um, haven't seen one, well, just take a look because I guarantee there will be something lower than what you're currently paying. Um, you know, these are types of things that we should feel like we can talk to our providers about and you know pull them up on it because um, they want to keep you as a customer. You know, But anyway, I want to go back to this article because it's super interesting. So it says that a survey from a website I'm going to mention soon that looks really helpful um, it said that 1,478 New Zealand credit card owners has revealed that the majority of cardholders, which is 72%, equivalent to almost 2 million people, have been with their credit card provider for at least five years. And I bet in that time have not looked into changing at all. And then it says that an analysis of the latest RBNZ, which is the Reserve Bank of New Zealand, card data found that credit card owners are paying $247 million more in interest than they could be, with an average monthly credit card spend of $1,172. Holy shit, get this. It says, according to, again, the Reserve Bank of New Zealand, there are currently more than $2.7 million credit card holders in New Zealand with the average credit card interest rate currently at 19.4%. Holy shit, that is huge. And then it says, in comparison, the lowest rate available is currently 9.95%. Wow, that is really interesting. And you know what? So many people have personal loans and consumer debt like personal debt credit card loans um i speak to so many people all the time that are in like 10 or twenty thousand k of debt just from personal loans that they've either taken out for cars or you know they've needed it and then they didn't stop using it so if you are currently in debt with a credit card loan don't don't feel bad about it please take that guilt away because there are so many people in the same situation as you and you know you thought at one point you needed it and you probably did and you needed to go through that experience to you know now come out of it learn from it um, and be so much more financially savvy going forward so please don't guilt yourself when it comes to that it is okay we can fix it and we can find you a better rate and that's what these sort of episodes are for um so yeah but that's where they basically got the 247 million dollar figure from because they're saying if these loyal customers which is you guys paying these interest rates of 19.4 percent if you switch to the low rate you could be saving over that amount um oh sorry yeah over that amount of interest over the next two years um so, you know, if you have been with your credit card provider for a while now, it's likely that you're probably paying more in interest than you really need to. And there will be other providers, other banks offering a lot more competitive rates um, that will obviously have amazingly positive impacts on your savings. And, you know, you can put that extra money towards some, somewhere else. You can invest it and you can be making returns of 19.4% instead of paying interest of 19.4%. So that's kind of the main 
I feel ones that'll catch you out. So insurance, mortgages, credit cards, and probably the most relevant to my audience. Um, but obviously there's so many more that can catch you out too. And I guess like a few examples of those would be, um, you know, your classic gym membership, your mobile, your broadband, energy bills, and just other subscriptions. Like just have a think about what it is you're paying for. Can we somehow be smart and strategic and get a better deal? So we've gone over some examples and the who we should be approaching about this. I really want to talk about the how. How can we approach these providers, um, especially if you're someone who's obviously a bit scared of confrontation and you kind of don't want to talk to someone about this. I totally understand that, especially for some of us younger listeners who are kind of scared to go up against you know, older people who seem more experienced and intelligent and that kind of thing. Um, and then if you are a little bit older listening to this, just general anxiety around having to confront people and tell people what you deserve. Like it's just classic, you know, we all get scared about this kind of thing. Um, so hopefully I can offer some sort of valuable thinking around the how part. I think a script that you can write yourself is personally really helpful. Even doing a bit of role play, if you want to take it that far, you grab a friend, grab a parent and just, you know, go through it together. But genuinely just thinking about what the conversation is going to look like and coming up with a wee bit of a script for yourself. You know, you know, it's going to be like a hi, how are you? Yep, cool. The first thing you're going to say is, look, I found that XYZ bank has a better rate on personal credit cards um, I'm thinking about switching to them. Is there anything you can do before I do that? And just sort of giving it up to them. The person you're talking to might not even be necessarily the right person. They might have like a retention team, but at least you've gotten straight to the point they can flick you over to the right person who actually can make those calls on discounting or changing up rates or prices for you. I have heard of a lot of people doing this and being successful, but Another place I read it which just cemented the idea in my head was in the Barefoot Investor book. Uh, so many good tools and tactics in here. It is very much uh, focused on Australian's way of doing, Australia's way of doing things from a financial perspective. So if you're an Aussie, really recommend reading that. If you're in New Zealand, still recommend reading it. I know there are some New Zealand versions as well. M- maybe best looking into those. I haven't read any other New Zealand like finance books, but I'm going to this year. So when I do, I can give you some suggestions. But until then, there's um, some really cool parts of this book where he literally gives you full-on scripts for what you need to say when you're calling up banks to like change your rates or providers. Um, Anyway, I'm going to read you out one of the scripts, but if you have the book, it's on page 205. And this is, I think, uh, in regards to changing mortgage rates potentially or just some sort of rate to do with the bank might be on a credit card not too sure but anyway oh whoopsie so you would say hello my account number is xyz i've been with you for xyz years but i've applied to refinance with xyz bank their rate is xyz percent which is a full xyz percent cheaper than you are charging me Given our long-standing relationship, I'd like you to match the offer or send me forms I need to switch to this other bank. Now, some people would probably say, okay, that's really full on, but hey, you've just got to read it off a piece of paper. It's nothing personal, you know. The person will probably just appreciate you being straight to the point. And anyway, the bank rep, it says here, bank rep goes, one moment please, and he's put in this book that you're actually bluffing when you say that, but how the bank's 
sales teams apparently in Australia have strict targets backed by incentives that they have to meet. So, you know, they'll try and make sure that they're giving you a good rate. And just on that, you might be thinking, why would a provider change for me? You know, why would they care? I'm just one customer. Well, actually, it's one of the oldest, you know, sayings or things to go around in business. And I've actually pulled up a few articles that back this up. But it's a lot more expensive for a business to gain a completely new customer than to retain an existing one. One of the articles I pulled up said that, and this was written by Outbound Engine in May 2020, that the success rate of selling to a customer you already have is 60 to 70%, while the success rate of selling to a new customer is 5 to 20%. And just saying how um, it's five, it'll cost them five times more to get a new customer. So, you know, you're actually worth quite a lot to that business, and you need to remember that. Like, you've got leverage, you can leverage. And at the end of the day, the worst thing they can say is no, right? And that's not a big deal. It's not going to put a dent on your personal ego or who you are. It's not a big deal. Um, I don't know why I'm focusing focusing so much on the psychological side of things. I think it's just because I get scared to do this stuff. But anyway, I'm going to continue on with the example. So the bank will say, one moment, please. And then the bank rep will come back, apparently, and say, we can't match that rate you have quoted. However, we understand you are a valuable customer. So we would like to offer you a 0.15% discount. And then you've got to say, that's not good enough. I've already got conditional approval. So in order to stay, I need at least 0.5% discount. Could you please speak to your supervisor? I'm happy to wait. The bank rep apparently, if all goes well, will say, yep, okay, fine, we can offer you that 0.5% discount on your current rate. And you'll be like, brilliant, but actually the whole time you were bluffing. So I think that's just a really good little script example that you could take and use yourself if you were serious and either you did find another bank with a good rate or you were brave enough to just bluff it. So how at the end of the day can this benefit you? If everything I've been saying around the money side of things hasn't actually motivated you at all, how can this benefit you? So obviously reduced expenses. It's going to contribute to your savings goals and reducing your financial stress overall. Feeling in control and on top of your life, I think feeling in control is a massive part of um, reducing stress when it comes to money and just will make you feel more confident when you're out and about, when you're doing things, you'll feel confident, you'll feel like your life is actually in control and you know what's going on rather than just kind of living on top of all those expenses and trying not to worry about them. You can pass this tip on to family and friends. Um, how good, you know, helping them to feel more in control of their expenses in their life is so important as well. And there's potentially so many of people in so many of people, so many people in your inner circle who will also be paying heaps of loyalty tax and don't even realize it. Next one is give you confidence. I already sort of touched on that, but just giving you confidence in your everyday, like you're in control, you're on top of things and feel better about money and corporates overall. You don't want to have that kind of stingy in quotations marks like feeling that ick towards big corporates ripping you off and feeling like, you know, 
the rich and the poor and I don't have any money because all these corporates are stealing from me you know it'll just take away that attitude and actually make you feel like you know money is a free-flowing assets coming in and out of my life and I just feel a lot more positive about that situation overall I don't think there's anything more toxic when it comes to money than kind of blaming others for your lack of it um which you know in many cases that might be the case but when it comes to these big corporates it's just not a very positive nice thing to be blaming the big businesses for stealing your money when you could be on top of it yourself by doing these things next thing how do we stay consistent with these behaviors and these habits now consistency is the key to success in all aspects of life in my opinion um first thing remind yourself how do you do that well the sponsor of today's episode can help you do that amazingly and sorry that sounds kind of like a pitch but you know I'm being super genuine the sponsor of today's episode get reminded can help you with this I'm looking at my app right now I have it up as I'm speaking and I've got my phone bill in here I've got my wi-fi bill in here I've got my car insurance in here um I've even got my rego and waff when that's up because I always forget about that and there's so many things you can put in here you can put in your personal um loans you can put in your mortgage your energy finance bills another thing you can put in here which I really like is buy now pay later scheme so you can put in your after pays your lay buys your Genoa pays and all of those other companies that do it you can put them all in here so you're going to be reminded when you have these bills come up and you don't you you're not given a shock another thing is when your insurance comes up at the end of the year you can see the total amount that you are paying don't worry about the insurance companies reminding you because you already know so that's just really helpful as well and then something else that it um shows you is the total cost per year so it totals up all of your expenses and shows you the total cost that you have to pay in a year and i think that's really helpful because yes that is intimidating yes that can be really scary but it's also just fully transparent and helps you to work out okay if my total expenses in a year end up adding up to like 10k and I only get paid 46k in a year you know that seems like some really hectic um, scales I've got there in terms of expenses versus income and that's like not even including tax blah 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 whatever you know it'll change for your personal situation obviously But it gives you a really good, clear idea of what's going on and it can help you. And it's just a reminder that there's nothing scary or intimidating or, you know, super intense about it. It's just a remind, it's just reminding you that it's exactly what it's doing. It's sending you notifications, it's making your life easier um, and it's helping you out with those contracts you get locked into and making sure that you can actually um, get the better deal and feel in control of your life financially. Another tool and tactic is checking your bank statements and uh, for subscriptions that you forgot you had. If you've been following me from the start, you know that I used to go through all of my bank statements and highlight my expenses into categories to work out what I was spending my money on. But with Get Reminded, if you had that, you obviously wouldn't need to do that because it would total that up for you, which takes out a whole manual process from my budgeting um kind of strategy which is really helpful then I wanted to touch on a few other tools as well that can help you because there are some out there all you need to do is you if you want to find a site that compares insurance providers or wi-fi providers or gym memberships or I don't know if there's one for gym memberships but I know there's one for like insurance providers and stuff 
and credit card loans, et cetera, et cetera, you just need to Google whatever the thing is you're wanting to compare. So say it's insurance, insurance comparison NZ or insurance comparison AU and sites will come up that will help you compare quotes and different rates. So two that I've found to be really helpful is Finder, which was mentioned in that Scoop article. It's just finder.com slash NZ. So they must have yeah, they're international as well, yeah, so the US, UK, Canada, um, and more, and then another one is Glimp, so Glimp, I think, is a US, uh, sorry, an NZ website, yep, it is, glimp.co.nz, um, and you can compare broadband on here, pretty sure other things as well, but broadband's just the most obvious one, so yeah, Glimp and Finder are two tools that you can use, um, and just on that, to remind you, if you're trying to compare KiwiSaver funds or providers, Google sorted.org fund finder and the KiwiSaver fund finder will come up where you can compare them by rates or returns, etc. So super helpful if you feel like maybe you're getting charged extra rates on your KiwiSaver or not getting the returns you want. So that's just a side note to that. Wow, that was a lot of information. I hope that was helpful for you guys I really enjoyed talking about that because it is just quite an interesting topic and obviously many people are spending way more than they need to on loyalty tax so just to sort of go over what we've spoken about um, so you guys can go away and make some actionable steps we've spoke about what loyalty tax is so remember it's that difference in value between what you're paying and what you could be paying for what you're receiving um we went over the different types of contracts you can get locked into and therefore don't review and update, uh, why these sort of payment cycles are so attractive and how we end up neglecting them, um, who to contact about this and how we do it, and then what can help us with staying consistent, what the benefits are of doing this, and yeah, just how we can keep it ongoing. A huge thank you to Get Reminded for sponsoring this episode. Again, you guys are such legends. Please go and check out the Instagram because we released an exciting giveaway that Get Reminded is backing and make sure you download the app. I'm going to leave a link to download it in the description and just get amongst it. Just have a go and, and see if it really helps you because I think it is so cool and I've been using it myself now for months and it's been incredibly helpful. So thank you again, get reminded, check out our Insta and if you um, are feeling generous, please leave a rating and review. Let me know what you thought about this episode. So keen to hear and if you have been targeted by loyalty tax yourself. <laughs> Thanks guys. Catch you on the next episode. Alright guys, thank you so much for listening. I really hope you were able to take something valuable away. Um, be sure to subscribe and keep up with the socials for further episodes at The One Up Project and I'll catch you on the next one.